Are we seeing now what Jordan Walker is all about? Coming up on B-Shape Daily. What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to this edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Wednesday, September 6th, 2023. As tonight, we're talking about a Cardinal winner. Tuesday in Atlanta as the Cardinals outslug the Atlanta Braves. That's right. The mighty Braves lineup was no match for the Cardinals in this one as we're starting to see what Jordan Walker can really do. The Cardinals rookie is just 21 years old and for a good portion of the season, you look at his numbers and say, well, he's doing all right. You know, he's got, all right, he's got a decent season going. Nothing crazy. Those defensive numbers drag him down a little bit in terms of his player value, but, you know, yeah, good for him. Good for Jordan Walker. But now I don't feel like you need the tone in your voice anymore. You know what I mean? Jordan Walker coming on strong for the St. Louis Cardinals over the past week or so, and suddenly you look at his numbers and realize that this kid could just be scratching the surface for what Cardinals fans could see down the stretch in 2023, but more importantly in 2024 and beyond as the Cardinals ideally next season work to make their way back toward contention. In 2024, Jordan Walker is going to be a big important part of that. The Cardinals are going to get it done. And now we're getting a glimpse, I think, of what it might look like for Jordan Walker to find his bearings truly at the major league level and just begin to take off in ways that we've always known were possible, but we just haven't necessarily seen happen consistently for him. And now it's happened. If you look at Jordan Walker's season-long numbers, well, they've changed quite a bit over the past week or so. Walker now up to an 813 OPS for the year. That includes a 279 batting average and a 345 on-base percentage. Yeah, the guy has been an on-base machine in recent days. You look over his last 30 games, like you just look up all of a sudden and say, oh, Jordan Walker's figured it out. Over his last 30 games, a 373 on base. Last 15 games, he's getting on at a 441 clip. And over the last seven games, a little more than a week, Jordan Walker is 15 for 25 with a 600 Batting average of 607 on base and a 1,200 slug, having hit four home runs during that span. The four home runs by Jordan Walker have come over the last five games played for the St. Louis Cardinals. He is on a mission right now as he puts together a nice little hitting streak of seven consecutive games. And Tuesday, he goes three for four, falling just a triple short of the cycle. Jordan Walker is a lot of fun to watch right now for the St. Louis Cardinals. They win it 10-6 over the Atlanta Braves. It wasn't just Jordan Walker going to get done for the Cardinals on Tuesday against Mike Soroka and company. Tyler O'Neill with a home run. Nolan Gorman, my goodness, with a couple of homers. One off of Soroka and then another one coming in the ninth inning. Gorman now up to 26 home runs on the season. He's got a 795 OPS. Nolan Arenado, one of the guys that has kind of been struggling. It's been a it's been a grind for the Cardinals. 
more recently as we get to the final month of a woeful season. Arnado's season-long numbers are taking a tumble. He's down to 795 as well for the OPS, identical to Gorman. Gorman had been a little lower. Arenado had been in that 850 range for a while, and we've really seen him kind of fall off a bit. He went one for five tonight. But it's interesting to kind of look and glance at the numbers for this Cardinal team. Paul Goldschmidt had a nice night going two for five, uh, two for four, pardon me, with an RBI and a walk, so he's on base three times. His, his OPS is at 816. Lars Newpar back in the lineup, getting his legs back beneath him, was 0 for 5 tonight, but still with an 821 OPS. I think what makes this Cardinal lineup in 2024 dangerous is having top to bottom a bunch of guys that sit in that 800 OPS range, and then the bonus really comes from the guys who can get above that number. Goldschmidt, I think at this point in his career, is still capable of doing it. Arenado certainly should be, but has just had a bit of a down season. Newtbar, we are seeing right before our very eyes him do it. But Jordan Walker, it's interesting to see him now in that category, and we've always thought, okay, this guy could end up being one of the best hitters, not only on the team, but in the league when he finds it, and there was a lot made in the early portion of the season for Jordan Walker about his ground ball rate versus could he could he use that majestic swing that generates exit velocity and power, and could he use it to lift the ball in the air a little more so the Cardinals could get the benefit of some of those home runs? That was kind of the idea. And of course, the Cardinals sent him back to AAA Memphis. I say back, and that's not factually accurate. Because he had never been to AAA before, the Cardinals sent him there, oh, after about a month into the season here in 2023. But that was sort of the idea. It was partially just the crowded nature of the outfield, and defensively, he was a work in progress, still is, although we've seen him really start to hone it in with the throwing arm. Big, powerful arm for Jordan Walker. But the range and the instincts defensively, Still a ways to go, and ideally by the beginning of next season when you get into April of 2024, hopefully those strides will continue to have been made and we can look at Jordan Walker as a fixture in right field for the Cardinals moving forward because the lineup, the roster, it just is going to fit so much better if that's the case. If they don't have to scramble to find room for him back on the infield and they don't have to scramble to say, well, he's going to have to occupy a DH slot because we just don't know what he he can do defensively in the outfield. We just don't necessarily trust it. If that isn't where the Cardinals end up with Jordan Walker, I think it's a benefit to the team that they'll be able to say, we trust him defensively in the outfield to be, even if it's league average defensively, that's all you need for what this guy is going to do at the plate. And we assumed the at the plate stuff was on the way. But if you look at Jordan Walker through like late August, even I'm talking just within the past five or six games or so during this current hitting streak of seven games now for Walker that we have really started to see him come around prior to that prior to those last seven games Walker had a 253 average a 324 on base and a 409 slug for a 733 OPS and I make the comparison as I've done numerous times this season to Nolan Gorman because when Gorman was a rookie last year all these expectations on him and what he could bring to the Cardinal lineup. And then at the end of the year, you you look up and you say, eh, he was fine. He was okay. A 721 OPS, a 226 batting average with a, with a decent bit of slug at 420 on the slugging percentage. 
Gorman hit 13 or pardon me, 14 home runs last season in a little more than a half a year's work, 313 play appearances. He had a 105 OPS plus. He was fine, but he was a, a rookie player at age 22 who had holes in his game, flaws in his swing, but the raw and natural ability carried him so far that he was an above average offensive player, above league average at a 105 OPS plus. 100 is league average. You're basically 5% better per your position relative to the rest of the league. But Nolan Gorman did that as a rookie, just kind of getting his feet wet. And what have we seen from him this year? He's really made strides to where he's knocking on the door of a six, uh, of an 800 OPS. He's got 24 home runs, which is 12 more than he had a year ago. Now, now he's played more games in 2023, but you're seeing the progression as well of the slugging percentage up in the 470 range for Nolan Gorman compared to 420 last year. A little better batting average, a little better on base, but just basically a better version of the hitter that he already was or showed to be last year. And that was at age 22. Now, I compare it to Jordan Walker because I think there's a world in which we look up in 12 months' time and see a similar leap forward from Walker as the one that Gorman has made over the past year which at times it seemed as though Gorman's leap was going to be even more substantial than it's been because for a guy that has the kind of raw power that he has, we've still seen a fair amount of slumping from Nolan Gorman this year, which is why his OPS is 795 instead of 845. But still a, a very productive player and, you know, 26 home runs is nothing to sneeze at. He is very well in reach of a, of a potential 30 home run season as a sophomore big league hitter and, playing in his age 23 season. What's so fascinating and tantalizing when it comes to Jordan Walker is the idea that he's playing in his age 21 season and only barely because if his birthday had been a couple of months later, we'd be still talking about his age 20 season because he didn't turn 21 until May 12th. I believe July 1st, which is my birthday, coincidentally, that's kind of the cutoff date to where we say, oh, it's his age such and such season. Jordan Walker's birth date in mid-May is only six to seven weeks before that cutoff. So he's his age 21 season, but a pretty young 21-year-old in terms of you think that he came up, had his big league debut as a 20-year-old. Think about what you're doing at 20 years old, right? I know what I was doing. I wasn't doing what Jordan Walker's doing. It's been really impressive to watch him and then to think about, wow, He's having and sort of going through that same growth process as the one that Nolan Gorman endured a year ago, but he's even less experienced. He's not as far along in his maturation as Nolan Gorman was a year ago when he was incredibly green but found a way to hold his own. Jordan Walker has been exactly that for much of the season, but now it kind of feels like, and again, maybe this is just a hot streak and he'll taper back to sort of the, the area where he'd been and we'll see him at the end of the year with a 750 OPS and we'll be impressed by it and say, wow, it, we think there's even more to come. But what if, let me present to you the idea that Jordan Walker's numbers to date are basically who he is and a guy that's capable of these hot streaks to get his OPS now up to 813, which is higher than Arenado, higher than Gorman in year two. Three points behind Paul Goldschmidt, who, again, the numbers are down a little bit for th for some of the Cardinals' stars this year. But you're talking about a guy who, as a 21-year-old, one of the most productive hitters on the team this season. 
And it's an offense and a lineup that, you, yeah, you do. You wish it was more productive overall, but that's not taking anything away from Jordan Walker and what he's accomplished. Higher OPS than Wilson Contreras, who's at 782 and has been fine. Not a great night tonight. Over four with three Ks, but 782, that's right around the career norm. Tyler O'Neill with a great night, going three for four, a couple of runs scored, a couple of RBIs, had a home run in this game. He's got his OPS up to 753. Jordan Walker lapping him to this point. Mason Wynn, that's what you expect to see of a 21-year-old, right? Like the Mason Wynn has struggled offensively, and it's completely fine as far as I'm concerned because it's not, this is what you need him to experience in a season that doesn't matter for the Cardinals, right? He, he should have this kind of month, month and a half. It's going to be like a month and a week or so, five-week period. Mason Wynn should have this in 2023 rather than have it in 2024, which is not to say that in 2024 he's automatically going to come out of the gate on fire because he got the struggles out of the way by experiencing them now. No, like it's growth is not always linear in terms of the progression for a young player, but he's also 21 years old, and so when you look at sort of Mason Wynn trying to find himself at 157 right now without much power or on-base ability to, to speak of that he's shown so far at the big league level, you go, well, he's 21 years old. And in Cardinals fans, if you're worried about Mason Wynn, I would suggest don't be. Maybe lower your expectations. Like I have said the whole way, even despite the 2023 that he's had with some really robust numbers at AAA Memphis, it's not automatic that Mason Wynn just comes to the big leagues and shows out as this elite offensive prospect. I think he's got a a ceiling where he could turn into a really quality player offensively at the big league level, but there's also a world in which he's just a a number eight, number nine hitter for the majority of his career who settles in to play some really good defense, but he turns out to be just kind of a a league average to slightly above league average offensive player. I'm not going to put a cap on what Mason Wynn can accomplish, but that version of Mason Wynn still ends up being a very productive shortstop for the Cardinals if he can handle the duties defensively uh, the way we all expect him to be able to do over the course of time. But it's just so interesting that you can look at that and realize all of that's true as it pertains to Mason Wynn. And you, you say, ah, well, you're not worried about it. He's a young guy. Jordan Walker, same age, and is doing the things he's doing. It just kind of shows you by comparing Walker to some of the other Cardinal young players that we have established a baseline for or are continuing to do so. You can just sit back and marvel and say, this guy is different. He is special. And Jordan Walker is absolutely special. And Cardinals fans are getting to see it. I know this season has been a complete bust. And I understand that this late in the year, you might be kind of tuning out. I say, kick it back into gear, Cardinal fans, and at least pay attention to what Jordan Walker is doing. Because he's got an opportunity. I'm not going to say he's rookie of the year caliber. You know, he he had a, a period of time where he spent some of the season in Memphis. He has not been a productive player in terms of wins above replacement as a result of the defensive struggles that he has sort of endured as he learns the outfield, which, again, he's been doing for now about 13 months of his life. So it's to be expected that it's it's a work in progress out there for him defensively. But offensively, to see him as a rookie player at age 21, a season in which he started out at 20 years old, and he's got an OPS above 800, and there are only a couple of Cardinals better than him all season. And you've got a Cardinal lineup that has, you know, the the, the first six guys in the order today after today's game are now 782 or higher. 
from Newbar, Goldie, Gorman, Arenado, Contreras, down to Walker, all six of those guys are in the 780-plus range for OPS. And Walker is nipping on the heels of the leaders of the team at, at, at OPS at age 21. It is potentially the beginning of Jordan Walker just making good on the promise that Cardinals fans have seen in him ever since he was drafted in that 2020 draft. To have an 800 OPS as a 21-year-old and to think, okay, Nolan Gorman as a 22-year-old had his kind of rookie year and and really tried to find his bearings and everything, 720 OPS, and you go, all right, he's going to get better. And then he did. What if we see a similar year-two leap from Jordan Walker not only defensively, but at the plate, which is just a scary thought and probably not fair to ask of him. But man, just to think back to the early portion of the season where the Cardinals, yeah, you know, we want to see Jordan Walker get the ball in the air more and all those things that, yeah, it's, it was made sense to want those things. But I always kind of thought it's weird to hyper fixate on anything when it comes to a 20, 21-year-old player with the raw materials and skill set that Jordan Walker possesses. Because this guy's going to figure it out, and those are going to be some of the things that just come with time. Just come with time and experience at the big league level. And now it's happening, and he's potentially going to end his rookie season with 20 homers. He's up to 15 now, but he's got four of them over the last week. So is there a world in which Jordan Walker just kind of continues this newfound power stroke, and you see a guy with a with an 800 or better OPS, 20 home runs, It's like, all right, you can build around that if you were the St. Louis Cardinals. I know they've got some things to figure out when it comes to their outfield. I think Lars Newpar and Jordan Walker are constants in that group, although Walker DHing today looked pretty good at the plate. I don't think you can afford to just relegate him to a DH role full-time at this stage of his career, but I also think if you're talking about being competitive next year, it needs to be sort of a mixture of Walker continuing to find his bearings in the outfield, but also the Cardinals putting out the most competitive and consistent lineup both in the batting order and defensively as they can every single day for next year. That's going to include, I think, a few dozen games of Jordan Walker playing DH. I think a few dozen games of Nolan Gorman as the designated hitter and kind of then giving some breathers to Arenado and Goldsmith as well. If you give 40 games apiece to Gorman and Walker, keeping both those guys in the lineup with their bat, but maybe limiting the exposure of their defense while also hoping that they, as as young players, can continue to grow and improve defensively. I think Gorman has done a nice job of turning himself into at least close to a league average second baseman. I've been impressed with the throwing arm, and and the instincts have been, uh, I, I think, a, a plus in terms of what Gorman has been able to do. There are going to be some plays that you can point to and say, oh, that's an example of, yeah, he's still got a ways to go, but... As a work in progress is considered, I thought I think Gorman's done a nice job. It's been a little bit further off for Walker defensively, but you're still seeing occasionally those glimpses to say, this guy is athletic. He's just doing something that he's not very experienced in. Maybe he can make those similar strides to just make himself not a net negative defensively. You don't have to be a positive. You don't have to win a gold glove. But if you can just kind of get to neutral, your bat's going to do the rest in terms of player value. He's got a negative war, at least according to baseball reference, prior to today. And I'm anxiously awaiting Jordan Walker's baseball reference page to be updated with Tuesday's results because he was a negative 0.4 wins above replacement. I think probably today's game had to have gotten him a tick closer to to net neutral 
but with what he's been offensively, that's that is uh, it's special. It's special, and and I think Cardinals fans can look at it and go, all right, yeah, there are questions about this team, but if you can just kind of know that Arenado and Goldsmith are at the corners, you can know that Walker is going to be in the lineup, that Gorman is going to be in the lineup, and that Newbar is going to play one of the outfield spots. And then you can kind of look to the utility guys that can maybe make up for some of the deficiencies of others on the defense. Like if Walker and Gorman are just going to be average at best, Tommy Edmond, with what he did today in center field, he's that guy defensively. Like Tommy Edmond, with a great catch up against the wall, a diving catch uh, coming in on the ball in center field today. I just, if Tommy Edmond could have a 750 OPS, he would more than qualify to be the everyday center fielder because he has just been absolutely off the charts defensively with how quickly he has adapted to a position that he hasn't just never really played. The athleticism to be able to do what he's done is tremendous. But you just want to see a little bit more robust offensive production, I think, from that position. Because if you could tell me Tommy Edmund was going to have an OPS of 750 as your everyday center fielder, and then Newpar was going to be 800 or better in left, Jordan Walker primarily going to be 800 or better, probably 850 or better by the time it's all said and done. I don't want to set expectations for him at age 21, 22, but I, I think eventually he's going to be the kind of perennial all-star hitter and I'm not going to say he's just going to vault to MVP candidacy, but he has the ceiling to be able to do so. So if you put him in right field on a regular basis, DH when he's not out there, Gorman second base, but DH when he's not out there, and then you just have Mason win and you say, come along at your own pace offensively, give us Sterling defense at shortstop. With Arenado and Goldsmith hopefully having better years next year than they did this year, which I know is not how the aging curve works, but would be ideal to see Arnano bounce back a little bit. Just 33 years old, I think, is where he's at. Goldsmith turning 36, I want to say. So, you know, maybe a little bit more of a long shot for him. to. And, and if he gives you the 816 OPS or wherever he's at next year and, and plays solid defense at first base, you can take that. But me, I, I feel like what allows it all to slot in would be Tommy Edmond having a little bit more to, to bring in center field offensively. And then you say, well, Tyler O'Neill is at that 750 mark. OPS, could you slide him to left and trust him every day next year if it was going to be Newt Bar and center instead? And then you've got Edmund and Brendan Donovan. Don't forget about him. Definitely don't because he is a guy that, when healthy, I think needs to be batting first or second in the Cardinal lineup against righties. He has that type of ability to set the table for the Cardinal offense. I think a lot of the struggles that we've seen from this team recently come as a result of the Cardinals not having him out there, but... His OPS is 787 for the season, and he had a 365 on base. A, a true table setter is is kind of the role that I think Brennan Donovan can play, and I don't have a problem with stacking him and Lars Newbar one and two in the lineup in whichever order floats your boat against right-handed pitching. I know sometimes that leaves you susceptible to lefty relievers coming in and trying to mow down the top of the order, but at the same time, I think both those guys can handle themselves against left-handed pitching. So you would then have Tommy Edmund, Brennan Donovan kind of floating around Playing second base, Tommy fills in a shortstop for win if the offense isn't enough or if he just needs some days. And then he can also backfield to center field. I don't know exactly what the Cardinals are going to do. I feel like there needs to be some turnover offensively on this roster just to kind of make the puzzle pieces fit a little bit more appropriately. I feel like they're one guy away, and I think it would be a guy that can play with some outfield versatility while also giving you some on-base and some power maybe ideally from the left side of the plate so that you can trust the guy to hit against righties 
almost the inverse of Tommy Edmond, who, yes, he's a switch hitter, but he's going to be more effective against lefties majority of the time. Like, I feel like they're that guy away from being able to really take off as an offense. And then there's the catcher position where Wilson Contreras, uh, to be determined what they end up doing and whether they decide he's going to catch less often, maybe he DHs more. But if you go 40 games of Gorman, 40 games of Walker DH, 15 to 20 apiece for Arnado and, and Goldsmith, and then maybe Contreras is the rest, which is a, a about 40 games as well, 40 to 50. Is that something that can work for the Cardinals offensively? I think yes, especially when you're seeing the steps forward that you're seeing from not only Gorman this year compared to 2022, but Jordan Walker is doing it still within his rookie season. So let me know what you guys think about the way we're breaking down this Cardinal lineup. It certainly showed what it can do on Tuesday. It does it against a Braves team that, you know, they've got sluggers as well. Marcelo Zuna all of a sudden putting together a nice year for the Braves with an 886 OPS. And he's like, you know, their fifth best hitter or whatever the case is. Sean Murphy, Austin Riley, Ozzy Albies, Acuna, obviously Matt Olson, Acuna and Olson, the two like legit MVP candidates. The Braves are a tough lineup top to bottom, and the Cardinals got the better of them today. Got to Mike Soroka, who has just dealt with injuries, but that's not the Cardinals' problem. You, you do what you can against who you face. Miles Michaelis, it was a weird game for him. Gave up eight hits, three earned runs, but all three coming on solo home runs. Was able to scatter the rest of the hits, scatter a couple of walks. Kind of the typical strikeout rate for Michaelis. Only two Ks and pitching into the seventh with six and two-thirds innings. But good to see him kind of get off the snide a little bit with a win. I don't know entirely what to make of his season with the 4.63 ERA. You could say, well, he's had some bad ball luck that hasn't gone his way. But on a day where you give up three home runs, that's not necessarily something you could point to. They hit the ball over the wall. They probably did something to tag you pretty decently. But it's just one of those things at this point in the Cardinals season where we are evaluating players individually for what they're accomplishing and what we can project them to do next year. Today, my big takeaway Jordan Walker's going to do some things next year and how that allows the Cardinals to slot in the rest of their lineup can take this team from kind of where they are, which is, you know, top half offense in the league. Maybe they finish top 12, top 10, even we haven't seen that consistently, but it's possible they finish there, but it could take the Cardinals from that zone to really the, the top six, top five, top three offense in baseball that they really need to be in order to buoy a pitching staff that I don't think is going to end up being top five in 2024, even with the several additions that not only are necessary, but that I do trust John Moselock to make. But let me know, Cardinals fans, where are you on this offense? But most importantly, where are you on Jordan Walker? How great has it been to see the development of this rookie turning into a legit force? I mean, he's a force of nature. We're starting to see that, and I think he's only going to continue to manifest that more and more as time goes on. He's inevitable. And that's kind of the way it feels for Jordan Walker, who had another big day today. It's been a big week for Jordan Walker and the OPS for the season now, approaching the team lead for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2023. What a rookie campaign it's turning out to be. I say it's kind of quietly gotten to this point, but if you can maintain the consistency that Jordan Walker has found to where when you have one supernova week, it turns your season from, all right, he's doing a nice job, to, okay, I can now see the light on this guy approaching stardom. That's pretty special, and that's where Jordan Walker is right now. Let me let me know in the YouTube comment section, though, what you guys think of Jordan Walker and of the Cardinals after their 10-6 win over the Braves on Tuesday. Make sure you guys subscribe to this channel for Cardinals Talk the rest of the way, and most importantly, in the offseason, as we delve into 
the free agent period, the potential trade market the Cardinals could look to dive into, and we'll get into winter meetings and all those good things that happen in the offseason that I think are going to be more important for the Cardinals this year than perhaps any other year in recent memory. So hit that subscribe button on this channel, like this video to help me out, and throw your comment below with where you are on the St. Louis Cardinals. And yeah, a lost season, but one that I, I think is still showing some encouraging signs. And Jordan Walker, absolutely one of those. That's going to do it, though, for this edition of the show. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening and sticking with me throughout this Cardinals season. We'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace!